0: You're listening to You're listening you're listening to you're listening to to Sex Gets Real. Sex gets real. Sex gets real. Sex gets real. With With Don Sarah. Sarah. With Don Sarah. Thanks. Bye. Hey you, here we are with a new episode of Sex Gets Real. This week I'm chatting all about art and nude bodies with Maggie West, who's a phenomenal photographer that's actually doing the art installation for Amber Rose's Slut Walk. So if you're in the Los Angeles area and you're listening to this on October 1st, you can grab free tickets to see Maggie's stunning stained glass installation of all these gorgeous nude female bodies, including trans bodies and fat bodies, with the coupon code thank you reebok. Also, after Maggie and I chat all about art and bodies and some wonderful, wonderful stuff with Christopher Zeishag, who's her partner. Uh, I also have a listener question that's all about getting over an ex and kind of Facebook stalking them, even when you're in a new relationship with someone that you totally care about. Many of us have been there, so stay tuned for the listener question. I just want to remind you, there's new rewards on Patreon for the show. I've already posted a couple of listener questions for you to weigh in on and share your advice, depending on what level you pledge at. Please check it out, patreon.com slash sex gets real. I would love to see you over there participating, having fun. Now let me just jump into Maggie's bio and then you can hear the two of us talking all about art and then a juicy listener question. Maggie West is a Los Angeles-based artist specializing in experimental lighting and installation techniques. Her surreal colorful photographs have been featured in acclaimed publications and sources worldwide. We also talk about her two books, Kiss, and 23, plus a little project that she did involving bodily fluids. So I hope you enjoy this talk all about art and then into a listener question. Welcome to Sex Gets Real, Maggie. I am very much looking forward to talking to you today about art and photography and bodies. So welcome. Oh, Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm happy we could do this. So the reason that I reached out to you was I have been obsessed with the pictures that you have been putting on Instagram over the past couple of weeks, uh, which is leading up to uh, an installation that's happening for Amber Rose's Slut Walk. And I would love it if we could just kind of start there because the images are fricking captivating and gorgeous and surreal and I just kinda want to know all the things. So can you tell the listeners a little bit about the project? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Um
1: yeah, so the way the way that this kind of got started um was I saw that Slutwalk um was posting I think they posted on like Instagram or something for like like wanting to work with artists um for the upcoming Slutwalk. Um and I just felt like my work uh very much like aligned with their cause um for for the listeners that aren't familiar with slut walk um it's it's a nationwide thing um but here in la um it's a big festival put on by amber rose um and every all The women basically gather together and put on slutty outfits (laughs) and, uh, march through the streets as, as like, kind of, it's like an effort to like reclaim the word slut and like basically like own our own sexuality and be like, look, like I can basically walk around naked and still, you know, it's still not okay to be harassed or assaulted or whatever and like kind of owning one's own sexuality, um. Which, which is, like, very in line with a lot of art projects that I've done. So, anyway, so I, I talked to them, um, and I was basically like, would you guys be open to doing, like, a large-scale installation? Um, and so I kind of pitched this concept um, where what I would do is, like, kind of take uh, photos of a bunch of very diverse women, um, and uh, like a lot of my photography is very colorful, so what I wanted to do was kind of cut the uh, photos together into what would look like a, um, a like a stained glass ceiling. Um, mm-hmm. And kind of the concept for that came from like I uh, I was kind of doing some research in the stained glass and like who who is like traditionally depicted in stained glass, and it's primarily saints. Um, Which makes sense, because it's primarily in, like, Catholic churches and stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it was really interesting doing the research. I was like, right, like, let's look more into, like, female saints. And, like, not, not every single one, but I feel like I can safely say, like, 95% of female saints are actually virgins. Um, And you can look at all these stories, and, like, most of these stories have to do with, like, these women, like, enduring, like, horrible torture, or, like, you know, being being flayed, or, you know, torn apart of the limbs, or whatever, in order, like, they would rather have these violent, horrible deaths than, like, give up their virginity. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I just thought, like, like, kind of using a similar method, but, like, turning kind of the message on its head, and, like, juxtaposing that with the message of slot Walk, which is like women reclaiming their their the word "flood" and like kind of expressing themselves sexually, um, and uh, yeah, so I just kind of wanted to like you know use that visual medium, but like juxtapose like mm-hmm. who who we're actually depicting and what the message is. You know,
0: one of the things that I love so much about it too is. You have black bodies, you have trans bodies, you have sex workers, you have um, at least one fat body. So there's kind of this like wonderful diversity of gender, sexuality, bodies... And to me I think that's just like so in the spirit of slutwalk, but it also makes for this just like really rich, beautiful kind of landscape that I've been seeing you build in the images that you're sharing. So I'm sure the completed piece is just going to be like mind-blowing. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, like I love I love all the different types of bodies and stories that you folded into this. Thank you. Well, to
1: me diversity, I mean I'm like I feel like in general my casting is pretty diverse and most of my art projects but for this particular project diversity was just the really important part of this for me because I feel like the issues that Flatwalk addresses um, like uh, harassment and violence and discrimination based on sexuality is something that most women have experienced in their life regardless of whether their background or ethnicity or sexual orientation like I I feel like these issues affect all women and so I I wanted to reflect that in in the cast
0: you know, So I know that the, that the installation and totally correct me if I'm using the no. <laughs> wrong terminology, because I am so outside like the art world, but um, I know that the name of the installation is 98. Can it, you tell yeah. us a little bit about that name?
1: So, um, the title 98, uh, it's actually based on a department of justice statistic that says that every 98 seconds an American is sexually assaulted. And like, granted that isn't just women at all. Like that's like, like men and people in prison and children and like whatever. But like, to me, that statistic was just so insane Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I wanted to kind of reference that in the work. And I think it's like, in some ways it's, it's interesting to me to, like, be looking at this, like, uh, like, beautiful, like, you know, portraiture thing and then and then it, give it kind of, like, this gruesome title. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, like, because I just, I just felt like that, like, there's not 98 women in the install. There's 40, and I don't remember how many pictures there are. I think there's, like, 120, but, like, basically, like, you go through the install and, like, you know in the time that it probably takes you to walk through the whole thing, like someone has been sexually assaulted and like, that's just crazy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. One of the things that I saw that I thought was really interesting was that you really wanted the models to feel proud and comfortable of the pictures that were chosen. And so you actually narrowed them down to the top 20 and then let the individual models pick their favorite three and i'd love to know like for me that just makes my sex educator heart sing because it kind of has that really wonderful element of consent to it and like wanting people to feel good about the ways they're sharing their bodies with others and having them consumed by others and and what was it like for you to actually kind of go through that process with them of seeing what what they were drawn to or what which ones they kind of shied away from Um well
1: I mean in general like I I tried to make the the sessions like the portrait sessions as comfortable for the models as possible like like there there's a really wide range of how naked people are in this like some people are wanted to be in the project and kind of, like, lend their voice to this, but they weren't comfortable being, like, full-on frontal nude, which I totally get, you know, like, that's fine. Um, So, like, for those models, like, we kind of cropped them at, like, the shoulder, and it's, like, more like a headshot, but then, like, some models were, like, all about, like, getting everything in there, and so we totally did that. So, like, I think from before we even got to selecting the images, there was a lot of, like what are you comfortable with, like, talks that we had, um, which I I think is important um, when you're doing, like, portraiture in general, like, to, like, like I want the models to like their portrait. And, I mean, I don't always have the freedom to let them choose. Like, like for instance, my art book 23 that came out a few months ago, like, I didn't, they didn't choose all of their photos. I did.
0: Um, to my knowledge,
1: they were all like them or whatever but like you know sometimes i can choose and sometimes i can't but with this because it is specifically a project uh for a political cause and these people are lending their voices and like being like look like i stand for this to me it just made sense that they get to choose how they look in the install (laughs) yeah so um so yeah so you know whenever they would come to shoot we would definitely have a conversation about like what are you comfortable with what do you want to do and then from there, um, I would pick like their top twenty and let them narrow down to the top three. The only the only disadvantage uh that I have <laughs> have experienced with this is that certain poses are more flattering than others, which I get, you know, like, everybody wants to look like, good, but the, the only, like, I wish people had chosen less photos where they, say, have their elbow over their arm, cause, like, or over their head. Like, oh, <laughs> just, like, a yeah. very classic nude pose. And, like, I get it, because it's very flattering, and it looks good, but, like, also, I have a lot of photos of that. So, like, for the most part, it was amazing. <laughs> like I said, I wish... The other thing is, like, certain color choices are a little bit more flattering than others. And I did notice that we had, (laughs) like, a a strong leaning towards, like, certain colors and stuff like that. So, Mm. luckily, uh, some of the models in the project um, I've worked with, like, a million times. And they're very comfortable with me and we're friends. Um, And so, sometimes with those people, I, like, would kind of go back and be like, hey do you mind if I use a green one? Cause I really need some more green in this. straw, you know, like stuff like that. Every photo that's used in the install is one that they either directly picked out or saw and were like, yeah, that's great. I'm down with that.
0: So for a lot of people, nudity is something that is um, shameful or it's something that's reserved for very specific, super intimate situations a lot of people feel ashamed to be naked. And then there's a lot of other people who feel wildly comfortable without any clothes on. And it might be because that's their work. And so mm-hmm. it's just kind of feels very natural to them at this point. Or it might be because someone just really loves being naked. And I'm wondering for you, like as someone who is is looking at these beautiful bodies that are naked and capturing them and like documenting them is it always a comfortable thing for you at this point or are there still points in time where there's something about someone or the context where you kind of still get that little bit of like nervousness or awkwardness that comes up when you're kind of in the situation of like okay now we're gonna do stuff and you're naked
1: Not for me, personally, because, I mean, at this point, I've done it so much that, like, it doesn't, like, someone being naked in front of me, like, doesn't really affect me very much, I don't think, especially in the context of, like, we're doing a photo shoot where you're going to get naked. Um, I do try and maintain sensitivity, because I know that, like, even if somebody is, like, like, with this project, like, even if somebody is down to get naked, it might be the first time that they've done that, and, like, they might be self-conscious about how they look or, like, whatever. So, like, I try and maintain that a little bit. Um, I actually shot myself for this project. <laughs> um, so, well, I got asked a few months ago. I was actually in the penthouse. Um, they did a story on me, and um, I was, like, beginning to shoot for this, and so they asked me if I'd be willing to be naked for them. And I knew that I was about to shoot for this. So I was like, I'll just, you know, do both, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, and, like, I'm not, a, I'm, like, not even good with selfies. <laughs> 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 like, I'm, like, not one of those photographers who's super into taking photos of themselves. Like, I do it sometimes, like we all do, you know? But, like, yeah. I'm not, I'm definitely a behind-the-camera person. So, like... That was maybe one of the weirder experiences I've had with that recently. It's because like when it's somebody else and if they're like nervous, it's super easy for me to be like, "Oh, it's okay, calm down." Like, like or like you know, like oh, it's fine. We'll like if you're not fully comfortable getting totally nude, like it's fine. We'll just shoot you at the shoulder. like whatever. But like me doing it with myself, I was kind of like, "Oh, well, I'm just <laughs> I'm just gonna have to get over this because like because you know like I felt. Really weird and, like, hypocritical being like, no, I couldn't possibly get naked when I've asked, like, so many people to get naked for me. <laughs> that just seemed really silly, you know? So, so yeah, kind of overcoming my own weird
0: issues with it was, mm-hmm.
1: like, probably the most interesting thing I've dealt with with that recently, you know? <laughs>
0: I, lo- I love that you're like okay I've literally okay. asked hundreds of people to get yeah naked, so, um maybe I can yeah I'm like
1: it really seems like it would be and it's not like I think that like every photographer that shoots nudes has like a moral obligation to do it themselves like they don't you know like but for me personally I was just like well I've had some body issues throughout my life and like you know I mean Fuck okay, it, why not? You know? <laughs> like, I should just go and go for it. So I did. Um, and it wasn't as horrible as I thought it was going to be. Like, at first, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be awful. I mean, technically, it was a little bit difficult because I was dumb, and I didn't – I forgot to rent a remote trigger. Oh, no. So – yeah, because all of this happened, like, kind of last minute. Because basically, like, Penthouse hit me up, like, the week before I was going to start shooting for Slutwalk. So I didn't have all the gear I normally would and, like, whatever. Um, but I I had to do it on a remote timer, which was hilarious looking. Because, like, thank God I was the only person here while this was going on. But I basically had to, like, running back and hit... <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, totally naked in my studio. Just, like, hitting a timer and then, like running over and like trying to like twist my body around in like a flattering angle or like whatever you know like it's very silly looking so
0: so yeah I love that (laughs) did you feel like after you finished it it felt really good to look at the images and to see yourself captured that way
1: um yeah I mean like I I think there was a little bit of that like I'm also a very technical photographer so for me it's like there was a little bit of like that emotion but like like when I look at most photos I'm like oh you need to edit this out or like the lighting didn't hit right or like I was honestly just so frustrated with not getting the lighting the way that I wanted to because I wasn't looking at the photo so like yeah I mean I guess there was some of that but there was also like some like grumpy like technical stuff (laughs) so
0: so I know, um, in addition to 98, which is showing on October 1st, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, um, the
1: event is, uh, yeah, it's October 1st.
0: Awesome. So the day that this episode comes out. So if anyone's in LA, uh, just, you're going to hear about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you
1: go to the Slut Walk website, which I don't know off the top of my head, but if you Google it, uh, there's a link to get tickets. You do have to get tickets to go in however, uh the tickets are free um if you use the coupon code thank you reebok um, so everybody can get tickets for free, but you do have to have tickets to like come in and see everything you know?
0: in addition to ninety eight which is all about women and really just celebrating their bodies and their sexuality without shame and and without kind of that very dramatic painful tortured like virgin story yeah. that comes <laughs> with sainthood uh-huh, okay. um, you you also have two books um one is kiss which is 20 pairs of folks kissing With your um, beautiful lighting. And then you have 23, which is a series of nudes. And I spied James Darling in the mix. And of course, Chris. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I don't know, something about just the images that I was able to see on your website. There's so much like intimacy that comes through, especially in the kissing ones. And there's, there's something about the images that just feel very personal. And Mm. I'm wondering for you, like, what is the line when you're capturing images with, with human being subjects who are either doing something very personal or sharing themselves in a very vulnerable way? Like, how do you walk that line between kind of the erotic and like overtly sexual?
1: I guess maybe some of it is, like, intent,
0: you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like the difference
1: between... Because I've gotten a lot of people... I've been asked to shoot porn, like, a couple times. Um, and, like, I, I don't actually shoot porn. Um, even though I use a ton of sex workers and porn performers in my work all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, kind of when people... Like, to me, the difference between what I do, and a lot of, like, straight pornography, or, or gay pornography, you know what I mean, just, mm-hmm. like, actual pornography, is, is intent, like, yeah. I don't, like, I might shoot, like, a kind of sexual image, um, like, with either the nudes, or the kissing, or whatever, but, like, I'm not intending, like, the intent for me is not for someone to, like, get off to it, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's, yeah. like, it's like I'm trying to like say something else with the work and so like I guess that's kind of the difference between like I'm not shooting whatever I'm shooting just to be sexually provocative
0: mm-hmm.
1: if that makes sense, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so I guess for me if there is a line like that that's it maybe. Yeah. yeah.
0: That makes sense. So it sounds like what you wanna capture Is more about, kind of just being present and bodies or actions and the intention behind it is really the art and the vulnerability rather. Yeah, I mean, I think. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Oh Um, no, 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 go for it.
1: (laughs) uh, um, I think, like, to me, a lot of my work is about capturing genuine emotions in an artificial environment. Um, Like, I like, I think that's actually like that's one of the main reasons that I use the gels. Um, besides the fact that I just visually like how it looks, like I think that when you recolor something um, that we're all used to seeing in like a normal, regular, traditional lighting, it, it kind of abstracts it and makes it like, um, gives you like a new perspective on it. Like for instance, with Kiss, you know, we've all seen people kissing a million times, you know, like you see it in movies, you see it in TV, Um, you see it in real life, you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But for me, when, with like, with using these like colors, um, to kind of like abstract everything a little bit, it, it like, gives the viewer a little bit of a new perspective on it and you can kind of look at it in like a more abstract way and be like oh wow like kissing from a very abstract perspective is actually really weird (laughs) like it's like we like smash our mouths together (laughs) in order to like you know communicate affection or like be sexually aroused or whatever and so like to, to me like the color use is kind of interesting there. I, and I felt the same thing for 23. Like 23, I meant as like kind of an examination of like the entire spectrum of gender and sexuality. But to me, what was really interesting is because of the lighting and how the lighting kind of abstracts things sometimes, like I kind of, as an experiment, I gave the book to some of my like friends or relatives that are like not super familiar with like what a trans person looks like or like what like something like that or like or even like non non super binary you know uh heterosexual people or queer people or like whatever like people that don't adhere to to super traditional standards and what was funny to me is that like they couldn't tell kind of, like, who was trans and who wasn't and who was, like, whatever, you know, like, like. and I felt, like, the lighting, because it kind of abstracted everything, like, it just made it look like these are people, mm, you know, Um, yeah. like, it obscures the differences, which is kind of what I was going for. <laughs> it's because, like, especially with 23, I feel like there has been so many books that were nude photo books but were just, like, super adhering to, like, a binary... Uh, of, like, this is what masculine is and this is what feminine is. So, like, yeah, I guess I, I like to use the colors to kind of abstract things and make everything a little bit more muddled and less clear, you know?
0: So I know you've said that you've been invited to shoot porn a couple of times, and I'm wondering um, either, one, is that something you're interested in doing at any point, and two, would you ever do a photo series of of sex or of bodies being sexual together, even if it's not, for the purpose of pornography, it's more for this purpose of like humanity and emotion and connection and you're capturing it in in the beautiful way that you do. But, you know, like bodies actually coming together. What's that, what's that prospect like for you? To me,
1: I gotta be honest. It's not super interesting. (laughs) Like I, I don't at this time, I'm not really particularly interested in shooting sex, like straight up regular sex. Um, I'm sure, I mean, there's a lot of people who have photographed it beautifully and I'm sure it could be beautifully done. But um, to me, like, for instance, especially, like, like seeing... Like, one of the most interesting parts for me of, like, seeing, um, like, the people kissing was just, like, the facial expressions and kind of the, the, like, lack of awareness and vulnerability with that. And, like, I mean, I'm sure you could get some of that during sex too but like I don't know I just like I'm not really that interested in it to be honest yeah <laughs> so yeah and in terms of shooting porn like I don't know there's a lot of people doing it they seem very happy doing it for me <laughs> I just don't under like it's I don't know it's I uh, yeah it's, it's just not I don't commercially it's not really doesn't make sense for me and and artistically I kind of feel like I'm doing You know, I don't know. I'm happy with what I'm doing, and I really don't feel the need to uh, do that. You know, Uh, I do. I do, however, uh, really like using porn performers in my work, and I think that I feel like a lot of times uh, performers are often kind of blacklisted from a lot of other modeling, and to me that seems ridiculous. Like, I shoot commercial work all the time. Like, like commercially, I actually shoot. Uh, cosmetic ads is like how I make most of my money um, and it's really funny to me when I'm casting and they're like oh we need a non you know like a like a blonde model or this proportions or like whatever and like I'll know like a million people that would be great for that but like I can't use them because they've been in porn and I know that whatever commercial company I'm working for is going to freak out when they find out about that so like so for me, uh, I, I think, I don't think that people should be discriminated against because they've taken place in sex work or even are currently doing sex work. So yeah. I like to use, you know, uh, or I often use, you know, uh, performers in my work because I don't see why you wouldn't, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. The, uh the stigma against sex workers is something that I've talked about on the show a couple of times. And I'm always just asking people who have any kind of power to hire, hire sex workers, hire former sex workers, because it's hard to find employment. If you've been a performer or a stripper, and if, you know, you find someone who's a current sex worker, and they're seeking a job with your company, like hire them. I mean, it's ridiculous to me that because someone made this conscious decision to do something and we'll at least talk about porn and stripping, like to do something that's legal you know, but then to not be able to work in mainstream or in commercial is um it's just really disappointing. And I think it just proves how far behind we are with coming to grips with our sexuality, which is just another reason why we need things like your ninety eight installation of just like we still have a lot of work to to do around people being allowed to express themselves sexually without it being used as a weapon against them.
1: Yeah, no, I mean I totally agree and and I mean honestly like as somebody who shoots and produces commercial ads all the time like I I just think yeah, it's it's just such a waste. that that there's this giant group of people who would otherwise be very qualified for a job except for the fact that there's this weird stigma around hiring them. And it's so funny to me, too, that, like, you know, I'll get hit up by whatever company and they're like, oh, we really want to do, like, an edgy, crazy ad campaign. And I'm like, oh, okay, like, we'll come up with whatever. And then I'll be like, hey, this model would be great, just FYI she does porn or used to do porn and they're like, oh, we could, we could never, you know, and are like, really, how edgy are
0: you being right now, you know, like, like, that's ridiculous,
1: <laughs> so,
0: but, so you I mean, Candyland, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, again, I don't even really think it's that
1: crazy or edgy or shouldn't be to, like, hire somebody who's done porn, but, like, yeah, I guess it's just kind of where we're at with a lot of industries, you know.
0: I know there's a lot of people listening who have either (laughs) taken nude selfies or sexy selfies for their Tinder profiles and OkCupid, you know, meetups, or um, they're interested in boudoir photography. And what do you think makes for uh, a really great picture?
1: Um, I, I mean, I genuinely think, and this sounds cliche, but like, I think um, confidence. Like I, I got it. I don't know. If that's like super cliche or whatever. But like in shooting all the people that I shot for ninety eight, like so the best photos, in my opinions, were genuinely the people that were like the most comfortable. Like it didn't, just, like conventional beauty standards, you know, didn't play into it. I don't think nearly as much as just being. Cool with being in front of the camera and being like confident and being like, no, I look good this way and I look that way and like the more comfortable you are, the more like it's going to show in the photo. Like like I've shot some gorgeous people who were like really stiff in front of the camera and like their photos did not come out uh, nearly as well as, as as some of the other people who just like owned it, you know. So and I mean I know because I have my own. Crazy neurotic issues about being in photos, like that, that sometimes is easier said than done. <laughs> like, um, but to the best of one's ability, I think mm-hmm. if you can make yourself comfortable however you need to be, um, then like that helps, you know?
0: Yeah. When Chris was on, mm-hmm. one of the things he talked about a little bit was the fluids. Series <laughs> that you did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I, I get questions all the time on the podcast about people who are squicked out by cum or lube or just kind of the messiness of sex and uh, or they're looking for ways to have very, very like clean, non-wet sex.
1: Really? (laughs) (laughs) Non-wet sex? Yeah. Just kind of like,
0: I don't want the spit or I don't want the cum or Uh. like too much fluids, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and, and then there's of course on the opposite side, people who really, really love those things. But for you, when you did fluids, it was saliva, blood. And was it semen? I guess it was cum. Yeah. Um,
1: um, yeah, and then I, my vaginal fluid, too, so it was yeah. also in the mix. Um, yeah, so for me, with that series, that was honestly just kind of a quick, like, one-off that I did. Normally, like, like I do these big, giant projects with people, like like 98 or 23 or, like, like any of those. But then, in order to maintain my sanity uh, in between these giant projects, I like to do kind of fun... Like still life or like science experimenty type series, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so like this was just one of those. Um, and I was thinking about body fluids and like how like kind of our perception and stigma of like oh you know like how gross like spit or come or like whatever. And I was like oh it'd be really interesting to photograph these things in like a a um, a more beautiful abstract way. Um, so. Yeah, I Chris and I had met at that point because we had shot for Twenty Three, um, but we like definitely didn't. We were like kind of friends on the internet. and like had met once, but like <laughs> yeah. it wasn't really like a you know we weren't great friends yet. Um, but I wanted to do a male sample and a female sample, and I wasn't dating anybody. At the time that I felt like I could ask this up. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, as you know, he was a porn performer for, like, forever. And so I was basically like, hey, like, do you want to come do this project with me? Like, I kind of need you to, like, cut yourself and then, like, jizz on some, some flexi-glass. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris is a great sport and, and agreed to do this for me. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, it was a really interesting day. I don't remember how much of this he went into on the um, his episode of your podcast, but like, mm-hmm. like like first we spit on the plexiglass and that was pretty normal, and then we like cut ourselves, <laughs> like very very small, like like a pinprick yeah. or whatever, and like bled and like shot that, and then we got to come. And it was kind of like, ah. (laughs) And I was like. Do I watch? Yeah. Well, because I was like, because, again, at this point, we, like, kind of liked each other. But we weren't dating or anything. You know, like, we we definitely hadn't made out, like, at all. (laughs) So I was like, well, like, should I go for a walk um, to give you some privacy? And he was like, well, he's like, I'm afraid that if you do that by the time you come back it's gonna dry and it's gonna look weird and I was like yeah like you're right so I was like okay cool so I just like went in my room uh like my little closet bedroom in my studio and like was just like hanging out on Twitter while Chris was jerking off in my living room like (laughs) like probably six feet from where I was you know (laughs) because my place is very small um yeah and then we shot it and it was fine and then I shot my fluids after he left um and the series came out very pretty and we started dating like two months afterwards
0: (laughs) that's your little bonding story (laughs) we did things with fluids and then started dating
1: yeah so like before Chris and I had like made out he, he had jerked off in my house and I
0: took a picture of it <laughs> so. I love that so much <laughs> like, that just makes me so happy yeah just the thought of like calling up someone that's mostly a stranger but yeah not, and being like so I kind of need some blood and cum are you game
1: <laughs> he's like of course <laughs>
0: so. I'll be right over well like at that
1: point like we we were like we're hanging out like a little bit like not a ton but like you know like it's fine I'm like again we definitely like kind of liked each other at that point so it's like a it's like a really weird way to flirt I guess
0: (laughs) (laughs) are there other spaces around relationships or love or bodies or um, sexuality or gender that you still want to explore with your art that you haven't yet
1: Um, I think eventually I will. Um, I gotta be completely honest with you at this point. I kind of want to take a break from all of that because I feel like I've done a lot with it. Um, I might be doing a project that has something to do with intimacy in the spring. That's another big install. Um, which I can't really share too many details about right now, but like I might be doing a project that's based off some of my earlier work. Um, thing in the spring but aside from that um I don't know I mean I think I think that if I have a few months off from it um I'll be more interested in it again but I think for me uh going forward like the next couple of things I want to do are kind of like I said earlier like they're like the smaller like science nature things you know I think that there's a lot more areas of this to explore in the future. But I think for me personally, I need a little bit of time off from it, you know?
0: So I have a little bit of a technical question for you just around like photography. Sure. Um, I attended erotic film school in March And I have been slowly but surely, the listeners know, (laughs) gathering information in my quest to start doing some erotic filmmaking. And one of the things that I think is just so brilliant about your work is the lighting and the shadows. And I'm wondering for people listening who either want to capture really beautiful images, or maybe they've been thinking about getting into photography or filmmaking, like for you, what's something that you think just all photographers should either know or a tip or a trick that you've kind of picked up that just makes bodies look beautiful or exquisite, or it's just that little tweak that makes it that much prettier.
1: For me, like if I think there's any like blanket piece of advice for like photographers or filmmakers or whatever that are developing, um, is just that like you should shoot a lot. (laughs) Like, and I know it's like hard because we've all got schedules or day jobs or like whatever. But like I think, I think like if you're an aspiring photographer and you're like really trying to like get better like it's very obvious advice but like you should try and shoot as often as you can even if you're not working with like the model you want to be working with or you don't have the gear you want to do like like one of the things that I feel like is the most detrimental to people that I hear young photographers doing all the time is like they want to do uh they're, like, frustrated with their work because, like, they want to do, like, bigger, better things. Like, like say you're a fashion photographer and you're, like, super into, like, Italian Vogue, with like all, which have, like, giant budgets and, like, big crews and whatever. And, like, you're, like, frustrated because, like, you don't have all of that stuff and your photos, like, aren't turning out the way you necessarily want them to, you know? Like, I think that you just kind of need to just keep going and, like, figure out what you do have and what you can work with and then just like keep practicing and like eventually your own style will kind of develop out of that. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) I mean like I know that that's not really like a lighting tip but like you know.
0: I'm actually really really happy with that advice because (laughs) it's very similar to a lot of the advice that I give to people when it comes to like sex and relationships of just You're just going to have to kind of be awkward at stuff sometimes and Mm -hmm. you might mess it up and it might not be the way that you wanted it to. You might get rejected or you might say the wrong thing. But the more that you just let yourself show up and practice, the better you get at the thing. And so I love that that's actually the advice you're offering to artists, too. I appreciate it so much. And I'm wondering if you could just let people know how can they stay in touch with you? How can they find your books and see what projects you're working on and just kind of follow along with your art adventures?
1: Sure. Um, Well, I mean, it's, it's 2017 and the easiest way to do that is probably to follow me on Instagram. (laughs) Um, My Instagram handle is Maggie West. And, and like, honestly, I update that more than anything. Um, but my actual website, if you want to see, like, overall my portfolio and, like, look through everything or purchase my books, is to go to maggiewestphotography.com, and you can see almost everything I've done on there.
0: Well, I will have all of those links on sexgetsreal.com for this episode, and I hope everyone will check out your gorgeous, gorgeous art and pictures because they have literally been one of my favorite parts of Instagram other than cats for weeks. So, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Well, cats, I, are,
1: cats are also my other favorite part
0: of Instagram too. So, yeah. It's kind of the reason to sign into Instagram. Right, right? yeah. <laughs> All the cat accounts. Exactly. Um, and I just want to thank you, Maggie, for coming on the show and being so generous with your time and your stories. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Maggie all about art and bodies and photography. I have been loving the pictures that she's been posting on her Instagram. So I hope at a minimum, you'll go check that out and maybe be inspired to buy one of her books because she does amazing things with lighting. Also, I sound tired because (laughs) I'm recording this listener question in the middle of the night. I'm actually down in Seattle at the house of a friend of a friend because I spoke at Geek Girl Con in Seattle this weekend on a panel all about sex ed. It was amazing. It's actually a pretty big con that's just for celebrating women and girls and femininity and feminism in geek culture. So there was all kinds of cosplay and gaming and panels on racism and social justice and inclusivity. And I had so much fun on this sex panel fielding questions from the audience all about sex and relationships with a whole bunch of rad people from Planned Parenthood and also the amazing and crushworthy Toby Hillmeyer. So that was amazing. But here I am in my pajamas in a foreign house in the middle of the night working on this for all of you. And I wanted to get more listener questions into the show. I have such a backlog and I love when you write into me. So I want to start trying to fold some of those in, including, including them in the Patreon rewards. So totally check that out. But here is this week's listener question. It says, hey, Dawn, I'm a new listener of Sex Gets Real, and I absolutely love it. I've been thinking a lot about my life and my relationship. I am in love with my girlfriend. We fit together so well. We have the same taste of adventure and the most amazing sex life. However, my last girlfriend really messed me up, and I still find myself thinking about her sometimes. I even go as far as just looking at her Facebook. I was curious if you had some advice for me. First of all, you are not alone. (laughs) Social media has made it so easy to not only stay in touch with people, but to also kind of keep track of people that are no longer in our lives. And also, thank you so much for listening to the show and writing in. It sounds like you're in a new relationship that feels wonderful. So congratulations. I'm glad that's a good fit for you. As for checking up on an ex, one, I think it's totally natural for us to be curious about people that we had significant events with in our lives. Whether those significant events were amazing positive experiences or negative ones that left us really hurting, that curiosity is so natural. 50 years ago, we maybe would have asked around or, you know, kind of seen who has seen someone lately, and it would have been a very different process. But of course, people like to find out what's going on with people they went to high school with, or they used to work with. You know, they're part of our story, whether we like it or not. So I think that curiosity is supernatural. I'm friends with several of my exes on Facebook. And every once in a while, I like popping over and just seeing what they're up to. One recently got married, and the wedding was really sweet, and she looks so happy. And I have several friends who, you know, a couple times a year will pop over and look at what their ex-husbands are up to or their ex-partners, just to kind of see how their story is updating and changing. I think that curiosity is completely natural. Now, if it gets to a point where you're hiding it and you're doing it all of the time, I think that's a little bit different. Another thing to keep in mind is we are a culture that does not know how to deal with complex emotions very well. We don't have grieving rituals. We don't have spaces where we're taught how to grapple with really big, complex feelings. So, you know, when we move out of a relationship, we transition out of a romantic relationship or even a friendship. You know, we don't really have a lot of processes in our lives for processing the grief and maybe the elation and having a new start. And then the guilt at feeling excited because we should be sad. And also the sadness that we move in and out of, and maybe some rage and some anger and some disappointment. So when we don't have spaces for processing and sitting with and examining these feelings and just allowing them to be part of our story, it can become something where we become a little bit stuck and we start rewriting stories and we start obsessing because we haven't allowed ourselves to complete that story and to move through the whole process. So I guess my question for you is thinking about exes is totally natural wondering what they're up to, even thinking about the ways that they hurt us, that their relationship was a terrible fit, that reflection is just part of being human. We reflect on all sorts of experiences in our lives. Is it something that happens every once in a while and when it comes up, it's just a little uncomfortable and you're feeling like you shouldn't have that at all because you're so happy? Or is it something that's happening with enough frequency that it's feeling distracting If it's happening a lot, I think one of the things that you need to do is just kind of sit with all the feelings that came up for that and see what's unresolved. Maybe you need to write some things down. Maybe you need to have some conversations with some friends about the places where you're still feeling stuck. Often when we finally give ourselves a chance to have the feelings and to process them and to actually experience those, those big emotions that maybe we didn't have space for at the time of the breakup, we can start finding some space around that, but do know that it's so natural for the checking up and the wondering and the curiosity. I mean, that's just part of being human. I also think that it's super okay if you feel comfortable talking to your girlfriend and just letting her know what's going on for you. You know, it depends on how you bring the conversation up, of course, but there's no reason that you can't go to your current girlfriend and just kind of ask about her experience with exes and to ask about her experiences with what it was like moving on and if she stayed in touch with any of them and then to share your story and You know, sometimes I still check up on my ex. I'm just curious what happened and, you know, decide if that's a place where you can build some intimacy and sharing into your current relationship. I hope that's helpful. I know that was a lot of different options, but one, this is such a normal thing. And two, give yourself a chance to have feelings. They don't resolve linearly. Sometimes it takes us years to move through and understand a relationship that we were in. So give yourself that space to have that experience and then enjoy where you are. Enjoy the relationship you're in. Enjoy your current girlfriend and the amazing sex and the adventure. Just make sure that whatever reflecting you're doing, whatever kind of curiosity you have, it's not to the detriment of your existing relationship because it sounds like that's something that's important to you. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Of course, I will be back next week. In the meantime, if you have any questions or stories, you can submit those at sexgetsreal.com using the contact form. There is an anonymous option. And be sure to pop over to patreon.com slash sexgetsreal to check out the new rewards that I just released last week. I will talk to you soon. Bye.